And today we're gathering in particular to reflect and to, and to feel our connection with those who are suffering um, violence, injustice, oppression, brutality, and inhumanity on a scale that seems staggering to all of us and with a, with a, a cruelty and a hard-heartedness and a, and, a, and a foolishness, deep foolishness, uh, as all violence inevitably makes us feel. And we've come together to remind ourselves of the goodness of human nature and that even in suffering, and we're thinking of the suffering of the people of Ukraine, constantly bombarded an innocent, an innocent country invaded br brutally by cynical and dishonest and cruel forces. But we think also of the suffering of those in, in, in Gaza or the suffering uh, of, of oppressed minorities in, in Asia. Uh, wherever, when we read and hear about these these instances of human cruelty and brutality, it, it, it is easy for us to become uh, immunized against it. We, we become numb, and especially when there are so many cases and the media puts it before us in such a striking and painful way visually. So it's easy for us to, to withdraw, I think, and to, and to close our hearts. But the hope for the salvation of the world, the hope for the healing of human brutality is that we rediscover our, the goodness of our human nature. And that may be more difficult when you're talking about thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions of people rather than just a little community of 200. Nevertheless, the principle is the same. We have to build community, human-sized, human-scale community, recover the human scale, so that we can realize that, that no death, no wounded child uh, is just a, a statistic. Uh, two days ago, I was called to the home of a, of a neighbor whose 93-year-old uh, father had just died. And as I went into the, the house, the family were there, all the children, and he, he was laid out beautifully, peacefully in his room with a candle burning. And we, we sat there and we prayed. And I thought, what a wonderful celebration of life and what a peaceful and beautiful death. And that is what human beings are created for, to live well and to die peacefully. And where there is accidents, where there are uh, tragedies outside of human control, then we come together intuitively, instinctively to, to bring relief and consolation. So we need to build community in order to keep the human scale of global politics and, and, and international affairs uh, in, in mind. Otherwise, we just become statistics. So I want to thank you all for coming together um, and to thank 
uh, each of the people who will be leading us in uh, reflections on this on this mystery of human experience, which is that we can experience solidarity, unity in the midst of suffering and even in the midst of injustice. And it is that very unity, more than politics, more than uh, military might, more than any of the other elements that we associate with these kind of tragic situations. But it is this unity above all that is the cure for violence. It is when we feel and experience our oneness in suffering, that oneness becomes peace. And that peace is the only force, the only energy that can create can create peace. Uh, today in the in the Christian calendar is the last Sunday of the liturgical year, the feast of Christ the King. And Christians around the world have been reflecting on what that kingship of Christ means. It doesn't mean military power. It doesn't mean political might. What it means is the capacity to serve. The gospel of today is, is about feeding the hungry, giving a drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, visiting the, the sick, visiting those in prison. That is, the, that is the power, the real power of humanity uh, in response to the suffering of others, to allow our hearts to open and to be awakened to our own true nature. So I hope that this time that we spend together will can allow us to experience that and if we experience it, as we meditate together, as we listen to each other, as we listen to the personal stories of people from Ukraine, as we listen to the wisdom of, of Herman as a politician and, and, and others, then each of us, I think, will, will become a better ambassador for peace uh, wherever in the world we, we may be. So thank you for being with us. And we we begin by uh, inviting Herman Van Rompuy to share his reflection on this theme. Thank you, thank you, Lawrence, for giving me the floor. So, seeing what is happening in Ukraine and now in Gaza, a sense of of despair overwhelms me. I try my best not to give in to it, but the inhumanity is so daunting that it makes me despair at times. It is another thing, of course, should I have to fear for my own life or the lives of people I know. After all, dead people in a country at war sometimes have feelings of despair, and this is absolutely normal. Many of us thought that atrocities are out of date and certainly in the so-called civilized West. We were mistaken. 
And that only adds to our doubts. We should have known that human nature essentially does not change and that we are always tossed back and forth between good and evil. Most people, as just Lawrence said, most people are good. But when fear, anxiety is pumped into them, the good can become bad. So how should we nevertheless remain hopeful of a better life? And the approaching advent is a good time to think about this. After all, Christmas is the feast of hope, is the feast of peace. Hope gives life, is often said, but what is hope actually? It is the opposite of despair, which leads to death in all its forms. A desperate person does not commit to anything or anyone. It leads to nothing anyway, according to them. According to them, everything is absurd. Hope, hope is something other than another non-committal optimism that is a kind of wish. Everything will work out. We don't know how and when, but we wish each other that evil will disappear on its own and good will fall into our lap. There is nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't mean much. At New Year, we exchange wishes. At Christmas, we exchange hope. We hope for, for peace and happiness for the people of goodwill. And the newborn child is a symbol of a new beginning. So what does hope mean? Linguistically, hope does not mean certainty. There is in the word hope an uncertainty about the outcome of what we hope for. We hope that our desire will come true. Hope, however, is above all a verb. We have to help realize our hope for a better life. Hope, as I said, is a verb. Our commitment to this can take a lot of us, even our lives, as Ukrainians among us know all too well. A truly hopeful person knows the path to follow and is determined to travel it. That conviction makes him or her strong. He wants or he, she wants to succeed. The hoper also knows that he is not alone and that we can walk that road together with others and he knows he can count on them. The physical presence of the other makes him or her even stronger. It can also be an invisible presence for now. Hope is not something you do alone. And I say it in a, in a different way. Without love, there is no hope. With love, we can handle misfortune much better. Even if everything falls short, we are still together. Love is hope, and hope is love. The meditator 
practices, reducing his egocentricity and thus make space for others in, this, in his life. Meditation is a training school for love and thus for hope, as I just said. We dare to look forward more. We have the strength to do so. The other is not so much a consoler as a helper. He or she does more than wipe out our tears. He or she helps us so that we have fewer tears. The Christian also knows that there is someone with the majuscule, that there is someone who loves him even more than man, as a father loves his children unconditionally. unconditionally. I add mothers even more so. Nor does God ensure that everything always ends well. In the end, things ended dramatically for Christ too. Think of his fear that his father abandoned him. In any case, he gives us the strength to persevere in our meaningful endeavors, just as people give us strength. We trust that we are not alone. Hope is the highest trust, says John May. It is an intuitive trust that there is more to us than just a material reality. It is in the silence of meditation that we realize that we can experience this more, the divine part of our being and our link to the entire divine reality, which we were not able to do with our only rational mind. Often God shows us the way in an invisible way, at least, if we listen to the inner voice within us. That way is never the way to inhumanity, but precisely to more humanity. That is the way, the true way, that is life. But faith and bad people can strike hard and ruthlessly, affecting ourselves or people around us. The Christian believes and hopes that there is an ultimate justice, even if he does not or does not yet know or experience it. That is the meaning of resurrection faith. Meditation transforms us, makes us a better person. This does not mean that we should suffer injustice idly. It means just doing nothing. We must keep the gifts of indignation and the will to fight injustice. Without cowardice, but also without revenge. And in times of war, with respect for humanitarian law. We are in our hearts with the victims of violence and with the defenders of justice and humanity. Feelings alone are not enough, but solidarity and fraternity are also conveyed in an invisible way to those in need. There should be no room for indifference and fatigue in supporting Ukraine among those who are spatially distant from violence. That is why we are here to 
together this evening and this afternoon. We are with you until the day returns of normal life, where people can be happy, happy, simply happy. That is what we hope. All that we said in April 2022, two months after the invasion, remains true. Albert, Maria, and their friends, we are not tired of thinking of you. Hold on. Persevere. Thank you. Thank you, Herman, for your sharing, uh, your wisdom, and uh, speaking about hope, not in a naive way, and how making this connection with uh, community, with meditation, I think is, is it was very you know, inspiring. I'll just uh, stop for a few seconds before we proceed. Now we are going to invite uh, John Paul Redbone. Uh, John Paul is a defense and security correspondent of the Financial Times, and he's also a meditator and a member of WCCM. So uh, JP will proceed with his reflection. Also, uh, I, I guess uh, how people can keep this hope uh, even these times of war, uh, where your experience of you know, what you see, what you, your work allow you to to witness. Welcome, JP. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Herman. Welcome, everyone. Hello, Maria. Hello, Albert. Particularly, hello, Father Anastasi. Um, so I'm a journalist, and I've been to Ukraine three or four times since the full-scale Russian invasion. And um, there, I thought it'd be useful just to communicate some scenes that I've seen there and to give you perhaps feeling for what it's like to be a visitor in Ukraine. And um, I was thinking about how to frame it. And I was reading a, a book about the First World War, which is very apposite uh, because of all the trenches and the trench warfare. And it's a, a famous historical work by a historian called Margaret Macmillan. And one of the closing words are, there are always choices. There are always choices. Leaders make choices, individuals make choices and it's choices about how you lead a day what you do in a day i mean putin made a choice to invade ukraine and ukrainians have made a courageous choice to resist i give you one example um it was about this time last year i was in kiev and uh, the air defense system wasn't as well established as it is now and there was a warning and people started heading back to shelters or hotels. And as the streets emptied, I passed this plaza in the middle of Kiev, and there was a couple playing on their instruments and they were playing Strangers in the Night. There was a violinist uh, and two violinists. And I just thought this was a fantastic um, kind of FU to Putin this couple playing strangers in the night and not going into a shelter. And I thought that was a choice. It wasn't a stupid choice. It was a kind of courageous one. Um, here's another choice, much less melodramatic. Um, 
fellow called Yuri Petraniuk. He's 34 years old and he's a parking attendant. I became interested in parking attendants in Kyiv because it was straight after the first invasion. And um, I noticed that there were parking attendants who were moving the cars away from all the cars that had been left behind at the Kyiv uh, train station. And I caught up with Yuri a year later and he was still working as a parking attendant for the municipal authority in, in, in Kyiv. And I just thought, amidst so much other horror, to be a parking attendant, to be dishing out small fines, to be attending to municipal duties in the middle of the biggest conflict that Europe has seen since the Second World War was a minor triumph. And um, we were discussing about whether veterans get parking, get parking tickets or not. He said, well, we officially yes, but we have discretion, so not always. Um, when I was last in Ukraine in September, the um, Pechersk International School had restarted. Um, I also went to um, the rave, and people had chosen to have a good time and to dance. Uh, I, um, I'm walking around in Kiev and Odessa and Lviv. I mean, these are places far from the front line. So I just want to give you a sense that the you know Ukraine is so huge. A reminder: front line can be a long way away. And God bless air defense systems that have been sent by um, Kiev's Western allies for providing this a sense, however fragile, of aerial security. And the streets were very vibrant and a lot of people about, and restaurants were opening. I went to, um, uh, I, I went to um, uh, a new cafe that had opened called the Pepsi Cup Cafe. And even as restaurants were closing, the Pepsi Cup Cafe had opened and there were deck chairs out in the autumn sunshine and um, the barista was saying, well, we're very happy to have people come here and sit and talk and have normal emotions. And I thought that was a really interesting phrase for people to have normal emotions, not to feel a moment, not to feel anguish and despair. So these are the choices that people make about how to lead their lives. And it involves courage, a fair degree of courage. And courage is a really interesting word. It's not the same as bravery. Um, courage has uh, comes from the Latin for cool, which is from the heart. So courage comes from the heart. It's not really a decision. It's not a consumer choice. It's, it's a decision about being, and it's the virtue that people say make all the other virtues possible. And it's, it also determines our choices and the people that, the choices that people make in Ukraine and anywhere else. And these, it's important to remember that these, these choices aren't always rational. They're often on the basis of emotion. They're not often made calmly. Often they're in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of the night or after a bad night's sleep or a long plane flight or after a bombing raid or a missile attack. If you read any memoir, I'm sure this is familiar with Herman, the choices that people make are often rushed. Um, and when the policymaker is tired or when an individual is tired, the question of fatigue comes up again and again and again. And crises don't come in orderly se sequences either. Um, sometimes they happen at the same time and sometimes decisions have to be made without fully understanding the limits of your own abilities or your foes. And so I kept on seeing all these choices being made in Ukraine. Here's another choice. Um, a chef I met called um, Zenia Mikalenko. He used to run, run a ramen noodle shop in Kiev before the invasion. And um, cut a long story short, 
he turned his kitchen into a mobile kitchen and he was he was feeding upwards of 5,000 troops, ramen noodles and, and other goodies um, and special forces um, operations in, on the front line around Zaporizhia. And, um, and he wanted to, he strongly believed that good food, good nutrition would, was all part about making Ukraine better and, 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 and winning, winning the war. Um, I went to see, when I went to Odessa, a friend of mine there, they just opened the beaches in August and she'd been swimming in the, in the sea and she talked about how it was like a mental civil war in her mind. Um, the fact that she was swimming in the middle of a war and having a good time. And she had a lot of trouble reconciling the fact to the idea of, of being happy, choosing to be happy, choosing to have, enjoy that afternoon, choosing to set aside the time. And the subject, it's, it came up again. I went to a conference and I was listening to the wife of the president, Elena Zelenska, the first lady. And she was asked, how do we present this in a good way? It looks anomalous that people go to dancing at parties and, and open restaurants and, and sit in restaurants and stroll around and smile in the middle of a war. And um, she said, it's a sign of our resilience. It's about Ukrainians' desire to continue to live. You can't ban people from celebrating life, but how to explain that to a foreign audience? So I asked human rights lawyer, Alexandra Mat Matvichuk, who, um, whose center won the Nobel Prize. Um, and she saw in Ukraine's pursuit of small pleasures a form of resistance. Um, a part of the country's fight for freedom in all its senses, for the freedom to be an independent state, not a Russian colony, for the freedom to love who you want to love, to say what you want to say, and to do where you go and what you die for. Because everyone that I've mentioned in this small talk has a friend or a relative who is close to them who has died or been wounded. Everybody I met in Ukraine knows someone close who has died or wounded. And I think perhaps this idea of choice, of choosing to resist, of choosing to meditate um, was really well put by Masi Nayem, who's quite a famous former, armor of, of a former army officer. Before that, he ran a big legal practice in Kyiv. And he's a former army officer because he lost his right eye while fighting the Russian invaders this summer. And he said, the Russians want Ukraine to suffer. So if you are laughing, that is great. We need to learn to be happy even during war. Thank you, JP. <clears throat> I can see that the, uh, some connections with Herman said, you know, um, this, this aspect of community and social. So I think many of your choices that you mentioned involve being with people and, and, and this, uh, what Herman said, you are not alone. I think this feeling that uh, people are not alone and, and, and being as a group to face you know, dark times are uh, always helpful. I don't know, Lawrence, you'd like to say uh, any few words before we pr proceed. Uh, you need to unmute, Lawrence. Well, I think uh, 
I think uh, uh, as I listen to Herman and JP, I can see how words spoken from the heart with courage can give us hope and give us insight and they can avoid, help us to avoid the tendency to despair, to cynicism, to negativity, and to affirm the, the, the gift of life. And the examples that JP has given of, of choices, the choices to, to serve with the noodles, uh, the, the choice to, to have a good day on the beach, I think you know when we look at, you know, stories of the the of England during the Second World War during the Blitz, uh, we see the same examples of something deep within the character of the people that refuses to be pushed into despair, to be broken by an oppressor, and I think the. JP also mentioned uh, briefly the choice to meditate. And I remember very soon after the war started, I was speaking with Maria and Albert, and they said to me, now is the time for us to, to meditate and to speak about meditation. And so uh, I think we as meditators understand in our own lives, how the choice to meditate when we're feeling low, when we're feeling down, when we're maybe tending to to depression or, or losing hope, the choice to meditate can transform our minds and restore our sense of of um, clarity and light, and and that is the biggest the biggest weapon. Uh, that any human being can discover. So maybe we could just take a, a couple of moments of silence to meditate and to be open to the power of words as well as the power of silence. Thank you, Lawrence. We're going to invite now uh, Father Anastasi and Bonvo uh, to share his story and of, of also resilience. And uh, I think uh, and, and, uh, he is going to speak in Ukrainian, have a translation. Mike, uh, I think we need to unmute there. Uh, Добрый день, и для меня большая радость и честь сегодня общаться здесь с вами. 
Good afternoon. I'm very glad to be here and be able to talk to you today. Я служу 25 лет в церкви. Два месяца у меня был опыт оккупации. Я был в числе тех, кто не верил, что война начнется. Father Anastasi has served for 25 years in the church. He spent two months in, under the Russian occupation and he was among those who didn't believe that the war would start. Would start. Но за то и долгие несколько уже лет я практиковал христианскую медитацию. But for the last few years, quite a few years, Father Anastasi has practiced Christian meditation. И столкнулся с ее глубокой практичностью и пользой. He, and his, he learned how practical and useful Christian meditation is. Я постараюсь сейчас уточнить эту тезу. He will try to explore more about it. Когда мы начинаем медитировать, у нас возникает множество страхов. When we start to meditate, we face many fears. Мы много начинаем думать о плодах медитации. We think about would, be, would it be fruitful? О том, достаточно ли времени мы ей уделяем. What time should we dedicate for meditation, to meditation? О том, полезно это или нет. Will it be useful or not? И время войны, время испытаний, время оккупации. And um, the war itself, the time for occupation, uh, he spent in occupation. для меня послужило своеобразным ответом на этот вопрос. Gave him the answers for his questions. Потому что в медитации мы сталкиваемся с таким опытом, когда наша рациональная часть находится в тишине. In meditation we find ourselves to be part from our rational mind. Мы привыкаем к бедности нашего молитвенного слова. We get, get used to the um, poverty of our prayer. Мы Учим себя тому, что в наше время, э, наше время молитвы не должно заполняться нашими человеческими идеями. We learn that the prayer time is not a time to fill with our human thoughts and concerns. Мы учимся открытости к Богу и ждем, что Господь придет. We learn how to be, to be open to God and wait for Him. Но в спокойное время очень трудно наблюдать или представлять. Как это работает на практике? 
how it's practically possible. И когда настал трудный момент войны, когда я попал в очень трудные обстоятельства, when Father Anastasia found himself in very, very challenging and very hard, difficult situation. Потому что я не смог покинуть оккупированный город. Because he couldn't escape the occupied city. Потому что я не смог планировать свое время сейчас и планировать будущее время. He couldn't plan ahead what to do. Потому что оказался в ситуации, когда исполнять свои обычные церковные обязанности крайне сложно. Я почувствовал, что страх – это большая сила. Которая легко ломает все мои представления. Which easily can break all his imagination and planning. И это усиливается, этот эффект усиливается тем, когда ты наблюдаешь за страданиями окружающих. It feels even stronger when we observe the suffering of other people. Одна из особенностей жизни в оккупации заключается в том, что я полностью лишен поступления информации. There is no information, there is no source for clarity. What's going on? Враг максимально старается изолировать своих жертв. The enemy tries to isolate its, his victims from any source of information. Складывается ощущение, что вербальная часть засыпает. It looks like our verbal part falls asleep. В Библии есть хорошие слова. Я потрясен и не могу говорить. A verse from the Bible. I'm shocked. I cannot speak. И вокруг люди в таком же состоянии. Everybody is in the same situation and feel the same. И вот одним из подарков медитации, одним из подарков этого молитвенного опыта, one of the gifts of meditation, one of the gifts of the uh, experiencing prayer, совершенно неожиданно для меня стали появляться маленькие знаки. Absolutely unexpectedly, Father Anastasia started to feel small signs. Сердце пробудилось. His heart awakes. И стало влиять на мое поведение. And started influences to influence his behavior. Стало влиять на ход моих мыслей и действий тогда, когда мне принимать решение было труднее всего. His heart started to 
his start, his his heart became a moving force for his decisions when it was very very hard to make decisions with his mind. Я глубоко уверен, что это молитва нашей общины. He is deeply convinced that it was um, a business of the prayer of of the Ukrainian community. Это живое не только украинян. The world, the world community. The world community of Christian meditation. Это живое присутствие Бога. It was the result of the presence of the living God. И это и моя личная практика, мое личное участие. And also it was Father Anastasi's personal experience and practice. Потому что, оказавшись в трудных условиях, я почувствовал помощь и поддержку. Также я почувствовал побуждение, особенное побуждение к свободе. Я об этом говорю, потому что для людей, которые находятся в страхе оккупации, He's talking about it now because uh, for people who is in there under the uh, occupation. Такая очевидная мысль совершенно не очевидная. Such an obvious thought is absolutely not obvious. Страх руководит всем. Because fear rules everything. Всеми процессами, мыслями. All the processes and thoughts. Поэтому каждое решение э, приносит какие-то результаты. Every decisions, every decision brings results. Но решение принять трудно. But it's very difficult to, to make a decision. Также из жизни в оккупации большое э, внимание нужно уделить вопросу э, врага. Also, it's very important living in occupation, in, in the occupied territory, to remember about our enemies. Когда человек видит врага по телевизору или слышит о нем на расстоянии, when we see the enemy, an enemy on the TV or hear it from a distance, у него складывается определенный вид реакции. We react in it on a certain way. Безусловно, отрицательный, и гнев, и раздражение. Of course, it's negative, it's range and um, uh, irritation. Но когда ты сталкиваешься с врагом лицом к лицу, But when you see your enemy face to face, ходишь по одной улице с теми, кто оккупировал твой город, share the space, your city, streets, эти ощущения изменяются в еще более худшую сторону. You feel all these negative feelings even stronger. И здесь школа медитации оказывается еще более ценной. And the school of meditation, the fruits of meditation, you feel even stronger. Не для того, чтобы успокоиться и перенести это трудное время. Not only to, to cope these challenges, with these challenges а для того, чтобы на уровне духа и сердца but 
to do it for your spirit and heart on this level, on the level of spirit and heart. Увидеть бессмысленность агрессивного отношения к врагу. To see how useless it is to hate your enemy. Увидеть, как эта злость разрушает меня изнутри. To see how the wrench destroys yourself. Но не прикасается к врагу. But doesn't destroy the enemy. И это заставляет снова и снова пересматривать свое отношение к этому человеку. It, it, force, and it forces ourselves to reconsider our relationship with the enemies. Я понимал, что от моего отношения к врагу многое зависит именно для меня. He understood, he knew that his relationship with enemies is very important for himself. Я испытал чувство злости, ненависти. He experienced all the range and hate and all the negative feelings, all the spectrum of negative feelings to the enemies. Но оно первичное и э, рождается из страха. It was, a, it was prime feelings born by fear. Дух в сердце. Spirit in heart. Защищает и ведет другой дорогой. Protects and lead to another way. Оно показывает, он показывает отсутствие перспективы ненависти. It shows how useless it is. There is no perspective to hate your enemies. Силу молитвы и мира. It shows the power of a prayer and peace. Мы должны осуждать агрессию и войну. We shouldn't, should not support uh, aggression and peace. Мы никогда не согласимся с присутствием врага на своей земле. We never agree with the presence of the enemies on our, of, on our land. Но именно медитация помогает понять, But only meditation helps us to understand что есть угроза опуститься на уровень врага. There is a danger to lower ourselves to the level of our enemies. Играть в его игру и стать таким, как он. To play his games and become as, him, as, as our enemies. Это точно не качество победителей. It's not the quality of a winner. И без этого качества э, не только не выиграть войну, но и не построить послевоенное общество. Without this quality, it's not possible to win the war and to build, to rebuild our society. Спасибо. Thank you. Thank you, Father Anastasi. Okay, now, now we, we are going to listen to Maria and Albert from Lviv. Um, I don't know, Lawrence, maybe we can do the meditation now and then uh, we can have more talk uh, from Maria and Albert after. Uh, yeah, just to have yes, a break. Uh, 
Okay, Ma yeah. Maria. Uh, Maria, now but they are going to lead us now uh, into a meditation session. Can you unmute, Maria? Oh, okay. Hello. Hello. Good evening. So, as we understood, you want us to first uh, lead a meditation. Yes, that's right. Okay. And then, and then yeah, we inverse the, the, the sequence, yeah. Okay, so please uh, uh, let us have this introduction to meditation. No. No. One minute. One moment, please, because we prepared firstly speech, but <laughs> it could be different. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like this. Okay. So. And so now we will have small introduction. Отже, я думаю, що це чудова думка почати не з розмови, а з медитації. It's so it's a really great idea to begin not just with speech, some speech, some words, but with meditation. Тому що все, що ми можемо сказати, має походити з серця і з безмовності. Because everything we can say, uh, it should uh, be taken from our heart, from our silence. Uh, зараз, uh, коли в різних частинах світу люди страждають від війни, голоду та утисків, нам можуть поставити запитання. Uh, now when people in different parts of the world are suffering from war, hunger, oppression, we may be asked the question. Чи є сенс в тому, щоб протягом півгодини зберігати безмовність, сидячи з рівною спиною, прикритими очами, і в простоті розуму і серця безперервно повторювати про себе одне просте слово, наш мантру. Does it make sense to remain silent for half an hour, sitting with their back straight and eyes closed, and in simplicity of mind and heart, repeat one simple word, a mantra, to ourselves continuously? Якщо ми прослухатимемося до того, як в нашому серці звучить мантра, чи допоможе це припинити чи полегшити страждання, які оточують нас, і в яких ми всі беремо участь? And if we listen to the sound of the mantra in our heart, Will it help to stop or elevate the suffering that surrounds us? І також, напевно, ми будемо вірно та віддано повертатися до повторення мантри, щоб нас не відволікало ніщо під час медитації. Also, probably, we will faithfully return to the repetition of the mantra, so that uh, so nothing can distract us during meditation. Як ви вважаєте, чи змінить це на ділі, а не на словах, нашу відданість ідеалам миротворчості, демократії, співчуття, а також нашу вірність тим, з ким нас пов'язує дружба або особисті відносини? Do you think it will strengthen us in action, not in words, our commitment to uh, the ideals of peace, democracy and compassion, and our loyalty to those with whom we have friendship or personal relationships? Я думаю, що відповідь залежить від нашого особистого досвіду. I think the answer depends on our personal experience. І як медитуюча спільнота, ми можемо дати просту та ясну відповідь на всі ці питання. As a meditative community, we can give a simple and clear answer to all these questions. Так. Yes. 
З самого початку війни ми, залишаючись в Україні і зберігаючи вірність дисципліні медитації, багато разів поверталися до однієї тієї ж думки. Без споглядання люди ніколи не навчитимуться цінувати життя. Ані своє, ані оточуючі. From the very beginning of the war, we staying in Ukraine and maintaining fidelity to the discipline of meditation, return to the same thought many times. Without contemplation, people will never learn to appreciate life, neither their own or, or nor those around them. And as a result, war is happening again and again. Справжня цінність життя проявляється тоді, коли ми зупиняємось, залишаємось тут та зараз, повністю присутні, у миті зараз, хоча б якою вона не була, випиваючи її чашу до дна. The true value of life is revealed when we stop, stay fully present in this present moment, whatever it may be, drinking its cup to the bottom. І ми не обираємо, в який час або в якому історичному моменті відбувається наша медитація. We do not choose at what time, at what historical moment our meditation takes place. Ми повторюємо нашу мантру і в радості, і в біді. Uh, we repeat our mantra continuously in prosperity and adversity. Перед тим, як разом зараз вирушити в безмовну подорож медитації, ми з Марією запрошуємо вас усіх до усвідомлення того, що саме тут і зараз з нами буде відбуватися найкраще і найважливіше в житті. Before embarking together on a silent journey of meditation, we invite you all to realize that right here and now the best and the most important things are happening. Приготуйтеся до того, що саме ця мить є найважливішою. Get ready for the fact that this moment is the most important. Але при чому нічого від неї не чекайте. But don't expect anything from this moment. Уявіть, що за цією миттю немає більше нічого. Just imagine that there is nothing beyond this moment. Уявіть, що ця мить є останнім. Imagine that this moment could be the last one. І лише вона є реальною. And only this moment is real. Все, що було раніше і те, що може статися пізніше, неважливо. Everything that happened before and may happen later is unimportant. Отже, мовчки ми сядемо на стілець, подушку або лавочку. So let's sit silently on a chair, pillow or bench. Прикриємо очі, тримаємо спину рівно, немов наша спина – це струна безмовності, яка з'єднує небо та землю. Let's close our eyes. Let's keep our back straight, like it is the stream of our silence that connects heaven and earth. Here, now we are ready. So we want to ask Leo to turn on uh, this music file before meditation. It uh, would be our introduction to meditation. It's a music project we together began to create during the wartime. It's a music project we together began to create during the wartime. 
результатом переживання досвіду медитації під час війни. In some sense this music is also a result of our experience of meditation during the war time. І також це один з плодів нашої практики. And after the music track we can hear the sound of a bell already it's in the file. Okay. Sorry, I just had that problem. Just a second.
будьте спокійними і пізнаєте, що я Бог. Якщо ми будемо шукати спокій в своєму серці, ми пізнаємо себе, пізнаючи себе, пізнаємо Бога. Це знання не буде абстрактною ідеєю. And this knowledge would not be an abstract idea. Це буде досвід нашого життя. It would be an experience of our life. I'm not sure that anybody here knows. Дякуємо за спільну медитацію. Thank you for this meditation together. Трошки поспілкуємось. And now let's talk. Ми хотіли б почати нашу розмову з того, що з презентації маленького фільму. But firstly, it would be a short presentation, again a video, because we together begin to create some video stories about people who have an experience of meditation during the war. And now we want to present just the first one. And Leo, can you share this second file? Yes. Can you turn on subtitles? Lewis, sorry, can you turn on subtitles? Because English is only subtitles here. Може бути, його нас не слушать зараз. А, окей. Інгліш сертайзис. Війна стала справжнім випробуванням. Зазвичай ми готуємося до будь-чого, що відбувається в нашому життю. Недарма в текстах Нового Завіту Господь неодноразово казав про те, що справжні речі з нами відбуватимуться в такий спосіб, що ми не будемо готові до цього. Війна стала саме такою подією. Ми потрапили в таку ситуацію, яка медитацію для нас робить справжньою. Тоді наші вуста, навіть якби промовляли якісь слова, ці слова нічого не означали, бо ми були в особливому стані. 
Дух Божий, який є, який постійно з нами у промовлянні нашого молитовного слова, він просто в якийсь особливий, делікатний спосіб починав підтримувати серце. Якщо ти маєш доторк Божий, ти відчуваєш живу присутність. Вона є, вона буде допомагати мені не з'їхати з розуму. Коли стало питання пробачати чи не пробачати, чи маю якесь зло на, чи агресію до російських солдат, я досі пам'ятаю той страшний для мене випадок, коли я переходив дорогу, мені так величаво уступила дорогу велика військова машина. Я в той момент відчув себе таким приниженим, і страшна лють мене охопила. І саме в цей момент я потребував медитації якнайбільше. Я не маю проклинати, це нічого не дасть, це буде руйнувати мене. Просто тоді я це відчув саме у тому самому рівні, з яким ми весь час працюємо, коли медитуємо. І я зрозумів, що мені нема сенсу гніватися і проклинати, що я готовий до того, щоб приймати те, що є, і надіятися на Бога, і від Нього живитися, від Його живої присутності. Отримувати все, що Він мені дає. А він знає, що мені потрібно зараз. Thank you, and we hope to create more stories like this. We're working on them together, so when some of them would be ready, we can share them with the community. Okay, and now a few words. We are really happy to be in touch with our entire international community again. Each of our online meetings really is a participation in a living network of silence that is constantly expanding and at the same time a network of communication that changes each of us and all of us together. It could be paradoxical combination of opposites of silence and communications. And uh, it is probably what transforms a group, a team, a crowd, a command of people into a community. We are now in the second year of this war, the merciless full-scale invasion of the Russian army into Ukraine. And for our people, this is a difficult time of trials, especially given the fact that this war between Ukrainian democracy and Russian autocracy has been going on since uh, 2014. And in one form or another, it also covers the entire 20th century. But meditation practice shared by our community has taught us to recognize in every conflict and crisis the light of new opportunities and perspectives. Meditation teaches this wisdom silently and simply. And the mystics of the Christian tradition 
and all other great spiritual traditions of the world. Uh, tell us about uh, this same wisdom uh, with the help of different concepts, images, and stories. In modern time, also video stories. And when one door closes, many more doors are open. Our key to the door is attention. The more continuous, pure, and deep our attention is, the faster we can move from the closed door of the past to the door that opens the way to the future. This past is the series of our changes, and it always begins in the eternal moment of now. Today, representing the next generation of war, we know how valuable it is to have friends all over the world with whom we can simply be, to be present together and open thousands of new doors, changing ourselves and leaving closed doors in the past. Ви знаєте, нещодавно одного осіннього ранку, коли ми готувалися для, до цієї зустрічі, ми сиділи в нашому садочку за будинком і думали про те, як розпочати нашу чергову розповідь про війну та медитацію. Розказуючи далі, я хотів би поділитися одною цікавою фотографією, яка буде ілюстрацією. Це досить гарне фото. І коли ми сиділи в цьому садочку, перед нами на столі лежало пожовки листя старої вишні, одна з пізніх квіток нашого саду Космея, яка була зірвана поривом нічного вітру. І поруч з цими речами стояла гільза від патрону військового, яка була привезена кимось з друзів із зони бойових дій. А next to them there was one Completely another thing. It was a cartridge shell brought by a friend of us from the active combat zone. Гільза, яка кілька місяців раніше випустила зі своїх вищат смертельний заряд, тепер була повністю порожна. And this cartridge shell, which has released a lethal charge a few months earlier, was now empty. Вона відпрацювала свою службу, руйнівну мету, якою призначив їй людський розум. І тепер вона спокійно стояла на столі перед нами і ловила останні виблиски осіннього сонця. So, having completed its service, uh, the destructive purpose of which was assigned to it by a human mind, this cartridge shell now sat calmly on the table, catching the last reflections of the autumn sun. Те, що є знаряддям вбивства в руках людини, чи розуми серця ускладнення, розбиті і затемнені егоїзмом, може бути дуже прекрасним у світі сонця, чиє життя просте, цілісне 
и есть жировом светла для абсолютно всех. What is an instrument of murder in the hands of a human whose mind and heart are complicated, broken, and darkened by selfishness can be so beautiful in the light of the sun, whose life is simple, whole, and a source of light to us all? Світло сонця осявало однаково гільзу, і листя, і квітку. Ці різні речі були охоплені одним внутрішнім сяйвом. The light of the sun shone equally on the scattered shell and the leaves and the flower. These different things were covered by the same inner shining. І зараз, коли ця гільза спокійно лежала поруч з опалим листям і квіткою, їхня спільна внутрішня суть дуже просто та ясно виявлялася викриваючи всі визначення, якими ми розділяємо речі, розділяємо для себе. Now, as this shell case and resting peacefully next to the fallen leaves and the flower, their shared inner essence revealed itself simply and clearly, exposing all the definitions by which we divide things, but divide just for ourselves. І те, що листя, квітка та гільза грали роль своїх різних знаків тління, не заважало їм залишатися тим, чим усе є в своїй глибині провідниками простої краси життя. The fact that the leaves, flower, and the shell casing played a role of peculiar, peculiar signs of decay did not prevent them from remaining what everything in its death guides of the simple beauty of being. Навіть коли ця краса зневічена історією речей, які її носять собі, вона залишається останнім і єдиним справжнім змістом цих речей. Even when this beauty is mutilated by the history of the things that bear it, it remains the last and only true meaning of those things. І я думаю, що іноді варто побачити речі настільки спустошеними, щоб нарешті помітити, що їх насправді наповнює. Maybe sometimes it's worth seeing things so empty that you finally notice what actually fills them. І варто в певний час всім нам залишити все позаду. У спустошенні війни, у медитації або на хресті, для того, щоб побачити світло, яке не гасне, навіть у темряві. And somehow we all have to leave everything behind in the devastation of war, in meditation or on the cross to see the lights that does not go out even in darkness. So the time of war teaches us to distinguish the real from unreal. This time shows how to cut off with this all that is superficial, secondary, and optional, and to maintain unseasoned fidelity to what is natural and primary. Challenging the very fact of our existence, war forces us to immediately reassess everything we try to be in life and find out what is most important to us what we really are. By examining ourselves in this way and discarding everything that has been dismantled, we find ourselves to be something infinitely simple. It's a very liberating discovery that feels like a victory over what threatened us and made us start this search. We find in ourselves what is impossible to lose, but what is impossible to possess alone. This can, only be, uh, this, this can only be shared endlessly with others, discovering it more and more. Is this now 
Is this not what we seek? As meaning, as soul, which is a participant in spirit, as God or ultimate reality, but as experience teaches us, what we are looking for is looking for all of us. It is looking for both in joy and then suffering and beyond them. Останні два роки спільнота мала дві великі теми для рефлексії над нашим досвідом медитації. For the past two years, the community has had two big themes, big themes for reflection on our meditative experience. Ми разом зосереджувались на тому, якою наша мета і на тому, який є шлях до цієї мети. We focused on what our goal is and what the path to is. Ми знаємо, що спільнота існує для того, щоб кожен її учасник став також учасником чогось більшого, єдиної свідомості. The community exists for the purpose of each of its members becoming a participant of the unified consciousness. І ця мета вимагає від нас спільної роботи безмовності, спокою та простоти. І зрештою це стає роботою спільної трансформації, метаної. This goal requires us to work in silence, stillness, and simplicity, and ultimately it becomes a work of a shared transformation, a metanoia. Today, each part of the community is going through its own experience. Для нас знання про те, що наш досвід страждань під час війни стає частиною спільної роботи трансформації спільноти, змінює абсолютно все. And knowing that our experience of suffering and war becomes part of the collaborative work of community transformation makes all the difference. Коли ми медитуємо у цій мережі безмовності спільноти, це знання стає воттю. And when we meditate in the network of community silence, that knowledge becomes flesh. І потім ця плоть досягає зрілості в нашій роботі, у спільноті та разом із спільнотою для всього нашого світу, який зараз страждає в муках народження. And then this flesh comes to maturity in our work, in, in community and with community, for our whole world that uh, is in the throes of growth. Те, що ми шукаємо, насправді шукає нас. What we are looking for is actually looking for us. І сьогодні нас шукають скрізь, у всіх гарячих та темних точках світу, де є насильство, страждання, невігловство, агресія, жадібність, обман, експлуатація, придушення, брехня. And it is looking for us everywhere, in all dark places of the world, where there is violence, suffering, ignorance, aggression, greed, deception. Exploitation, suppression, lies. Тому нам постійно нам потрібна жива спільнота, всередині якої наші особисті крихкість та непостійність стали б частиною мережі безмовності та спілкування. And so we need a living community within which our personal fragility and impermanence become part of a network of silence and communication. Наша медитація творить спільноту, і ми стаємо тим, Our meditation creates community, and we become what is real. Напевно, простір цієї спільноти є місцем, де нас може знайти те, що нас шукає, те, що ми завжди шукали самі, і що не можемо знайти через наше его. 
які є відокремлені від цілісності та повноти відчуття. The space of community is where we can be found by that which seeks us, that which we have always sought by ourselves, and which our ego, separated from wholeness, cannot find. Дякуємо за можливість поділитися. Thank you for this possibility to share. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Albert. Um, thank you also, Father Anastasia. I think I can see the comments on the chat and you, you're you very uh, inspirational, I'm sure, for all of us around the world in this meeting. Uh, we have, uh, we are going to the end. Um, we have more 15 minutes. Lawrence, maybe you can, if you want to give any comment and then we can open if anyone, you. Um, would like to ask something for Maria and Albert or Father Anastasi. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Herman and John, John Paul, they couldn't stay, but uh, that's, we have a kind of open uh, conversation time yeah. in this last bit. Maybe maybe I, I, I can conclude, but maybe we could invite uh, people to share briefly. Um, I, I was very moved, well, by every, every contribution. Um, but I think, uh, especially as it came from such actual experience uh, of what we are all here for, uh, from Father Anastasi and from Albert and Maria, I thought they, their words really glowed with wisdom and brought uh, real um, insight and and strength, you know, uh, coming out of their own strength. But maybe maybe we could just invite other people for a few minutes to to share briefly what they what they felt, and then I I can I'll be happy to conclude then. Uh, uh, Terry's in this area. I would just like to say an enormous thank you for all the sharing, and I'm feeling an enormous sense of. Um, belonging and I think that the experiences that you have shared there with such wisdom and grace um, are very I don't want to sound patronising in any shape or form but they're very inspiring and I think you know that you're having a galvanising effect on the whole community bringing us all together as one community as one family like a microcosm of the greater picture. So together we are stronger. So thank you. Thank you. If anyone would uh, like to share, uh, you can uh, click on the icon, raise hand on the reactions or on the bottom of the, the screen. Louise. Uh, you, you just need to unmute at least. Okay. This has been extraordinary. Um, I'm just reading the the compilation of all of the people who wrote about John Maine a, after a, a recent retreat that I had here in Winnipeg. And I can only say that there's a density and a reality and a truth in what you're bringing forth that is so powerful and it's so communal. It's It's truly... The mystical body of Christ 
speaking, especially Maria and Albert, as well as the father, I I can't believe how powerfully um, touched I am. My three-legged cat says hello and thank you <laughs> for being whole in the midst of what breaks people apart. Thank you. Thank you. Cora, just need to unmute. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is Ted. Uh, I was very moved by the sharing of the, the couple and uh, uh, Herman, because just recently I was going into despair because of <laughs> of a project that I, I was doing, a book actually, and uh, was launched just last week. But instead of the celebration that I was expecting, our community was divided. Because uh, as I was co-editor and there were some mistakes in the book that came out, several authors complained loudly in social media. So I was so so frustrated by, by it and in despair and when I heard you. Thank you. I am inspired to move on. Thank you. Donatella. I think your camera is not on. If you want to, you need to unmute to speak, yeah. Okay, Miss Chica. Lower Yes. Io sono in Italia, è stata bellissima questa esperienza, soprattutto per pensare che ci sono tante persone in tutto il mondo, no? E quindi è una cosa molto bella. Quando parlavano Maria ed Albert e parlavano di quell'immagine del bossolo, ehm, a me è venuto in mente il presepe che già avevo pensato di fare quest'anno. Volevo fare un presepe di guerra. Allora, trovare i soldatini è quasi impossibile perché non esistono più i bambini, non giocano più con i soldatini come una volta. E allora ho deciso che però cercherò i bossoli. I bossoli e, e dentro questi bossoli probabilmente ci metterò dei fiori, qualcosa e poi metterò Gesù in mezzo ecco, mi è venuta questa immagine e volevo condividerla con voi per, uh, per il prossimo Natale grazie Gra grazie Donata Carolini uh, just a second Okay. Uh, hello, I just wanted to uh, say thank you for sharing. It's very encouraging for me. A lot of it resonates with me. I'm um, in Cherkasy in Ukraine. I'm British. My husband is Ukrainian. Um, and I very much um, I'm familiar with the sense that it, when everything began, that it there were no words. The words didn't mean anything and it was very difficult to pray and this is when a deeper journey with meditation for myself began um, and I've also started um, helping other people here in Chikasi learn a bit more about meditation so at some point it would be great to be more in touch with you too 
um, and we may be um, in Lviv next week if, uh, if there's any possibility to meet with you. I'll write to you, I'll write to you afterwards. Um, but for me, meditation is not huge in Chikasi, so it's encouraging uh, to see that there are other people in Ukraine practicing. And um, it does make a huge difference. And I think for myself, in my experience over the past uh, nearly two years now, the sense of the peace that passes all understanding has been very deep. <laughs> and until you find yourself in such a situation, it's really hard, I think, to explain how that peace is possible. But to be able to experience that peace, even in the midst of war, um, has been really special. And meditation and silent prayer and sitting has been a huge a uh, huge part of that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for this afternoon. It's been really special to join with people around the world who are still praying for Ukraine and encouraging us here in Ukraine. Because it's it's, it's really great. And if you would be visiting our city, Lviv, we, we are willing to meet with you and maybe... We have a, we have a meditation group uh, in Lviv yes. uh, on Sunday. Oh, Saturday. On Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And you can visit it also, or just uh, visit us and invite you. So we, we would be really glad to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that would be good. Thank you. Okay. Jen, can you just, uh, if people can say where you're speaking from? I, I'm in North Royalton, Ohio, in the United States, which is by Cleveland. Um, this might be a little scratchy because I'm reading from my notes. Um, um, we have compassion for all um, people suffering from war, hunger, and oppression, and there are all kinds of spiritual hunger, etc. Um, and we we know this and we feel this because we are all a part of the universal mystical body of Christ. Um, even if we're not physically present in a, what we see as war, we feel it, uh, and we feel it deeply. Um, um, the, the gift of meditation um, helps us maintain our inner peace and balance in the war, even within ourselves, the war of good and evil, so that when we can um, maintain our balance, then... Um, hopefully it emanates out, um, and not even hopefully it will, um, and it does through our faith and, and true believing. Um, and this meditation maintains that connection with God, um, as we leave ourselves and ego aside, um, and receiving, um, direction from God. Um, and God is love, um, and we receive and gain that proper perspective for clarification um, of some things that may be confusing um, in chaos, and um, then our vision um, and decisions can be better and improved Um and then we share the fruits of this. Um, and in sharing and conversation, we convert um, and change together as we grow individually too. So peace to all. Thank you, Jen. Thank you.
Gary, I just asked you to unmute. Can you can you click and unmute? Thank you. I usually forget that. Um, I'm uh, Jerry from uh, Winnipeg. I'm French Canadian, even in the midst of the middle of Canada. Um, I, like others, want to say uh, thank you. Merci beaucoup uh, for everything that you've brought us today. And uh, for myself and probably for many others, it extends beyond just our community of today. And it will continue to be used, I believe, like the fact that technology that we have now is enabling this today, we can use what you've accomplished today and what you've said for other other issues and conflicts. So in my little community here, we have issues with our First Peoples and our First Nations and a lot of reconciliation to do. We also have lots of individuals, Palestinians, some Palestinians, many Jewish individuals in our in our community, our greater community. And there's discussions like I had yesterday. What do we do? Who wants to do what? How do we get together? So this aspect of shared transformation you mentioned, I think extends through meditation, but to many other ways that we can accomplish shared transformation. So I thank you. And um, somehow I do think we'll reconnect as part of our journey. So thank you. Brunella, I don't know if you will going to speak in Italian, I can try to translate or please unmute. Sì, io parlo in italiano. Hey, Ciao a tutti, grazie mille a tutti per, per chi ha organizzato, grazie Marco per la traduzione yes. e well, grazie a queste esperienze molto forti eh, che ci aiutano a uscire dalla narrazione che tutti vediamo, diciamo, no? dei telegiornali, insomma, la solita narrazione che non ci permette di entrare nella realtà delle persone che vivono queste tragedie e quindi sapere che loro riescono a meditare anche in questa situazione e anche a riuscire a vincere quella chiaramente eh, giustificata diciamo sensazione di vendetta o di incapacità no? verso chi viene ad ucciderti è veramente un, un grande dono, cioè una grande grazia che eh, sicuramente la meditazione aiuta a, a sviluppare, no? cioè eh, entrare in contatto con lo spirito ci fa proprio superare questa dimensione bellica che ci abita tutti e che quando poi la viviamo così in una realtà proprio diretta, concreta, è veramente difficile da superare, no? Quindi ci fa ricordare proprio che lo spirito supera tutto e che quindi anche ci può unire tutti, no? In questa grande forza che è la vera forza. Grazie mille a tutti e buon proseguimento. Grazie. We have one more and then I think we're, we, we need to finish. Uh, Sam. Uh, I just, you just need to unmute. I click you to unmute. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I would just like to say something simple that um, thank you for this beautiful kernel of wisdom. Um, it reminded me of um, the celebration of the Eucharist um, when the priest says, through him, with him, and in him, 
I think you added or, or, or expanded that wisdom to through community, in community and with community, that community is Christ. And thank you very much for that. Uh, I'd like to invite now, before I ask Lawrence you to say a final words, maybe a final blessing uh, or prayer. Uh, just some people ask about the recording. Uh, it will be available on our website, abccm.org. And I uh, just want to thank you. We have more than 400 people during this few hours on Sunday. I think it was uh, a sign of unity. Uh, Lawrence, with you. Thank you. And thank you, Leo, for, for, for guiding it. I, I, I feel it's very difficult to summarize because it is such a, a unified experience. I think obviously we probably feel a special um, a special uh, resonance with with them. Father Anastasi and and Maria and Albert speaking from the heart of this uh, <clears throat> this conflict and of the wisdom that they have found in it, paradoxically. But I think. Uh, Every every contribution that came to the service, and so many probably just remained in our hearts. But everything that was said, and uh, especially in these last few few minutes, as people have been speaking about their reactions, I think we can see exactly what we mean by the body of Christ, the mind of Christ, and a contemplative consciousness. And the fact that this could be shared so in such an ordinary way, but in such a with such an extraordinary intensity and force, naturalness, spontaneity, um, is a sign of immense significance and and hope. Um, I think we we can see through this particular center of suffering in our community in Ukraine. We can see what the whole of our community is about. And it is also a sign of what the world can discover because we are, we are not so special. What we are feeling, discovering about the capacity to find peace in the midst of war is something that, that can change the pattern of violence that we are still entrapped in. So I I, I, I think it's, it's, more, it's more than thanking anyone in particular, it's thanking all of us and thanking the ground of our being and thanking God in a, in a full sense for this revelation, this really, this real revelation and I think when uh, Anastasi spoke about the, the relationship with the enemies and how he, he lived this transformation from hatred and violence to, to, to something different, to a sense of oneness um, through, the, through the power of, of, of prayer of the heart, 
that that uh, teaches each of us in our own circumstances of life. And I think answering that question, what is the point of meditation, uh, which Mary and Albert raised at, at before the meditation, um, we can see that without contemplation, we cannot appreciate life. And we will fall repeatedly or become stuck in the madness of despair and the cycle of violence. And I think the insight that um, Maria shared that our that their experience of war and the struggle to remain open and hopeful that that experience has become part of the life of a whole community that that is deeply meaningful and hopeful and significant and i think something we we have all felt and can reflect on that we are one body and therefore when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. That is the mystery of the body of Christ. And it's the mystery of humanity as a single as a single person or as a single a single consciousness. And I think today we've we've seen that, felt that, and I'm sure we all are, are more, more aware of the transformative power of meditation and the choice that we make every day to meditate, whether we are in a good mood or a bad mood, whether the bonds are falling or they're not. Um, that, that choice becomes uh, more than a choice. It becomes uh, a great liberty of spirit. So, uh, I would like to thank everybody who contributed and participated because it has been very, very enriching. And uh, and I and as uh, Gary, I think, said from Winnipeg, um, this is this is something that will that we can share in in other ways, uh, in other conflicts, in other uh, challenges that that people are facing <coughs> in our community. Uh, or those with whom our community comes into into touch. I wanted to end with a uh, with Psalm forty six, the one that begins, "God is for us a refuge and strength, a helper close at hand in times of distress. So we shall not fear, though the earth should rock, though the mountains fall into the depths of the sea." The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. It is this psalm that contains that verse that we as meditators must have heard a million times, set to music or as a way of introducing meditation. And this, the verse is, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And what I've always felt about this psalm is that this verse is hidden or buried in a psalm that is about 
conflict and turbulence and war. And just listen to the part of the psalm in which this verse occurs. Come, consider the works of the Lord, the amazing deeds he has done on the earth. He puts an end to wars over all the earth. The bow he breaks, the spear he snaps, he burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God, supreme among the nations, supreme on the earth. So I think the psalm expresses what we have felt and touched today. That um, this, our work of meditation is a work for the world and a work for ourselves. It gives us the resilience and the personal strength and the courage and the hope to stay awake and to refuse to hate. So it gives us that personal resilience and ability to renew. But it also changes the world. It changes us and it changes the world. Because this knowledge of God, the stillness that leads to the knowledge of God, changes everything around us. It dispels the weapons and the violence and the desire to use those weapons. It, it, it dispels those by the knowledge of God itself. And that knowledge, of course, is simply the experience of love. Meditation is our way to discover the <clears throat> experience of love in every aspect of our life. So let's just conclude maybe with those words again from Psalm 46. Come, consider the works of the Lord, the amazing deeds he has done on the earth. He puts an end to wars over all the earth. The bow he breaks, the spear he snaps. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Maria, Albert, uh, Herman, John, JP, uh, the translators, Marco, Helen, everyone involved and everyone that came. It was a beautiful meeting. Thank you. Thank you to Bye. the whole unit. Thank you. Mm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone.